Hello, it's me, Carson Daly. Just wanted to give a quick disclaimer and apologize that my audio did not come out perfectly for this episode. I had a couple of technical difficulties that I didn't notice until after the recording had completed, and I didn't want to risk missing out on so much awesome conversation with one of my favorite people by re-recording. So without further ado, here is my episode with the wonderful and brilliant and talented and creative Megan Reynosa with some slight audio fumbles and troubles from me, Carson Daly. Enjoy. Your water cup is like on brand. It's like the Pantone color. I know. Do you remember these? They're my Lafco candles from. I, from oh, from, they're candles. <laughs> they were. They were, <laughs> and then you dig the wax out and you turn it into DIY. Oh, I know. I love it so much. You can't find them here in the UK, like the big, big ones. I used to get them in Mirror Mirror and miss them. Oh, I love them so. You can't much. find anything in the UK. Can't find coffee creamer. <laughs> can't find <laughs> an Ulta store. Can't find literally anything. Welcome to the Carson Daily Show, the crypto culture talk show nobody asked for. Today I am here with Megan Reynosa, my other half, my better half. To some people, she is Metaverse Meg. To me, she's Megan. Megan is a multidisciplinary producer, storyteller, and co-founded Mint Candy, a Web3 native full-stack creative agency and production studio with me. She is a creative problem solver with a multi-cultural background and an obsession with pop culture and new technologies. She has more than five years of agency experience in creative and experiential markets. She is also, full transparency, like I said, one of my very best friends and this is her first podcast interview megan welcome to my show that's a great (laughs) intro thanks i have full access to your bio thank you so much um the carson daily show is like the show that you've been living in for like two years with me anyways (laughs) i'm so excited (laughs) that you're here is amazing um okay i wrote in my outline do you want to tell the story of how we met? But then Bogey, our lovely producer, who we both work with, said in the comments that he thinks maybe I should tell the story. But I want to ask you, do you want to tell the story of how we met? Why don't you, you start. I can okay. like add in details if needed. Okay, perfect. We'll clap. <laughs> we'll jam. Okay, so the date is 2021, right? Yes, April-ish. I have just moved to LA. I am working in my... Pandemic new- was like full force <laughs> yes it was it was like like coming out though right because in june la was, was like, like not the same but yeah no. you're right you're right 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 but i was like had just left vermont for the first time following my dreams since i've had since i was nine years old to move to los angeles and i am got all these like consulting contracts and gigs because i'm just afraid of being out of work and stacking things up and making my way into the web three world where I wanted to be the fucking head bitch in charge. (laughs) How times have changed. But I knew nothing about LA and I posted in Toasties, Toasters, right? Was that the Yeah, it was like the SoCal group or something. Yes, looking for... It was a a podcast group. (laughs) Looking for Full circle. Full circle. 
looking for help, support, a friend, basically somebody. And a lot of people answered. Some people I was like made plans to meet up with and they didn't show up. We talked, you sent me a message or something. And I knew from the jump, I always tell people, I knew it was meant to be because you were like, I have a portfolio, but it is not done and I need to update it. And this to me is, I was like, this is like the, like the universal signal of like a perfectionist, a work addicted marketing girly. And I just, I was like, this is perfect. So we talked on the phone, right? Did we talk on the phone before we meet? We met. I think so. Okay. We talked on the phone. Then we're go. we made plans to go to butcher baker cappuccino maker on sunset boulevard which became sunset boulevard became like a spiritual home to us because it was where equinox it was it was where alchemy 43 was it's where fred, fred siegel yes fred siegel <laughs> literally our spiritual home and I'm like, I don't know if you know this or I've told you this, maybe you assumed that I was like, okay, I'm a little bit intimidated. Like here's like this, I knew you were like an LA girly. She's coming here. Like, what's she going to think? What's she going to be like? This bitch pulls up. She's in her anti-social social club hoodie, which I like commandeered and stole for like three months. I'm pretty sure she's in leggings. She's gorgeous. She's fun. She's chill. She's cool. And I was like, this is literally it. This is perfect. And you were so down to earth and you immediately picked Pearl up my pug for people who don't know which if you don't know why are you doing here yes (laughs) picked her up off the ground and you held her you were covered your black hoodie and leggings were not black by the time you left but you didn't care you were just like "Ah!" (laughs) and from from there I was just like this is perfect this is it um did I miss anything no I mean how could I not but (laughs) Pearl's the best what was like yeah what I was mean, your first impression like of me or like what what the fuck I was doing or what 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 like brought you to be like okay I'm gonna do this and like answer this call to action and adventure yeah well I remember you had posted in this group or whatever about just needing help with what you were doing kind of gave like the brief elevator pitch on clubhouse which was like really popular at the time and like nfts <laughs> and web3 and all that stuff I was working at uh, my experiential agency and we were actually like in the middle of pitching a Web3 Summit, which I had no idea what it was at the time, but I was like, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I was really into like EDM and DJs and I was seeing wheat posting all around LA for like some Dylan Francis NFT drop, which I later (laughs) found out that you were the mastermind behind. So it just felt like fate once we like met and we talked and it was just really interesting. just learning all about like this new world that I knew nothing about. I was just in the world of events and like brand marketing and really excited about working with artists. But when you're working with artists through brands, it's totally different than actually getting to work with them directly and execute on their vision. So 100%. We're going to come back to that. I want to ask, what did you feel like was the biggest barrier to entry to crypto and Web3 at that time, like for you? And then just to let you know, like give you a, a glance into the future, I'm also going to ask what you feel like the biggest barrier to entry is into crypto and Web3 now that you've had two years, nearly more than two years experience in the space. So first, like what was the biggest barrier to entry for you or like the biggest learning curve for you? Um, well, I think it's all really a learning curve because not only did I know nothing about crypto, nothing about like financial systems, all of that stuff. I was really like 
into, like I said, the whole artist narrative. Now we know like the whole royalty dream that we were sold on is not really real. But um, I was really lucky to enter the space by meeting you and like have somebody that could answer all of my stupid questions and like kind of hold my hand and like bring me along because I feel like a lot of people don't get that. They kind of just enter onto Twitter. They follow whoever has like the most followers. Those aren't really the people that you are going to be learning anything from necessarily. Like they all have agendas and are usually kind of pushing something that they want you to buy into. And I was really lucky to have pretty much like a solid year of just like learning and picking things up and asking questions before I even really participated. Um, you held my hand just as much too. So, so sweet. I'm like nostalgic Aww. now, but, and it's so funny, like, because we both were so, I like try to explain this and I even try to reflect on this, that like at the time when I like came into NFTs and web three, which wasn't that long before we met, like only like in the summer before I started talking about it, um, through super plastic, obviously, but it wasn't until like December, January, December of 2020 to January, February, March, whatever, that I was fully like obsessed and invested. And at that time, like ETH was literally like $300, $500, $600, $800. Like we were so removed, you know, like if we had, when we first met, if we had both like aped into like ETH, then we would have made like a fucking bag yeah. that summer. Like, but we were so like, just always talking about ideas theories, philosophy, like that was our whole thing, which I think, you know, answers like the follow-up question of like, what is the biggest barrier to entry now is like, even more so probably it's hard for people to find someone to like ask their questions to like, they're entering the space and it's almost like a, it is like that, like boys club or whatever. It's like the expect in theory, the expectation that you should already know or just like figure it out in yourself. Nobody's going to tell you like that, that type of like exclusion is so weird and cringe to me. But did you have anything you wanted to add about like barriers to entry now that you've noticed now that you're here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's still like I, a lot of people are like kind of aware of these barriers to entry, but I haven't seen really any solutions. So it's like, you know, we all aggregate on Twitter. It's a really hard place to navigate if you don't really like understand the ecosystem. Um, I think that in the next um, bull market, like something that'd be really helpful is just figuring out how to give those resources to people who are new to the space and want to participate, but don't know how to set up a wallet or don't even like know how to use their MetaMask. It's so hard. Like even when we were in the like thick of it, into the thick of it <laughs> we i remember like you set up a wallet for Haley, and like i was setting i had set up a wallet for my mom and we both were like oh we've done this a handful of times it's good and we were still like this is so stressful and complicated like i don't even know what's happening like this is so hard to sort out like yeah. getting ens and all that shit but whatever we're gonna go move along. and i still haven't given her the the keys to that wallet because she <laughs> wouldn't know how to use it or transact with it so i'm exactly. just holding on to it, hold on to it until it's like, easier for you i mean it's still fucking hard it's like what yeah. am i supposed to do like you're not supposed to store your seed phrase in your phone you're not supposed to store it on a piece of paper like what are you like what are you supposed to do there's so it, the world is so unsafe we're going to talk about that as well but i want to say I that know. we have worked <laughs> on We've worked on a lot of things together. And at first, when I was thinking about this episode and like kind of working on my outline, I started to list them out. And I was like, I don't want to list some of the things that we've done. <laughs> like, 
because I'm like, I don't want to name it's it. confidential. Yeah, it's confidential. But I wanted to ask, <laughs> we can, just revealing two things, because this is my question at first. Okay. Oh, and we did this and we did that and we did that. And I was like, maybe I don't want people to know that. So what was your favorite? Project? Like I signed an NDA. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite project that we worked on together? And what was your least favorite? Okay. Um, I mean, my favorite project would have to be 27 times, obviously. So which fun. if you guys haven't checked it out, you need to go do that right now. It's Carson's Genesis Drop. It's amazing. We worked with 27 artists on a visual component. She wrote 27 poems and there's airdrops and the mechanics are amazing. A lot of content that we made, which was really fun. fun. Yeah. So obviously, like by far, that was my favorite project. Least favorite project. It's so hard to choose. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of key learnings in this space. Um, What's really frustrating to me is building things that don't get built and putting time and effort into just nothing. So, I mean, I hate wasting time. I like, I'm a very efficient person. So I have to say 888 the new world, but there was potential there as, as discussed on your last podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I, I must've had a, a hunch that you were going to say that because the next question is, or the next topic is Aaron 888, um, AKA the anonymous crypto art collector turned criminal that we worked with together for six months. Um, I know that you listened to clarify, to to clarify for your audience, we were never a part of his inner circle, like membership program that, um, people are talking about. Um, we were brought on to build a marketplace with some really brilliant artists in the space. There are about like 30 of the top digital artists as like seed round investors. And mm-hmm. we're, we're working with a development company. And unfortunately, as things in Web3 tend to happen, that kind of got pushed aside for a shiny new dream. But a hundred wanted to clear that up. And for the money. And that is a good clarification. Like we were not involved in that. Like we found out about that after it minted out. Like it was the craziest day ever. But I wanted to say like obviously you heard the episode with Adam we had a little post-mortem I want to have one with you a little bit different because I think with Adam we this was like my first in our first interactions and like opportunities to work with Adam so we didn't have that like pre kind of established relationship whereas you and I had this pre-established relationship we'd already even though it was young and fresh we'd already been working on a couple different things together and, you know, we had already been basically joined at the hip for three months when this guy, this fucking tornado comes into our life. So I want to ask my questions for you are what was your first impression or instinct when I told you about this new opportunity that is eighty-eight the new world and that we would probably end up taking it on? I mean, I'm naturally skeptical, so it was a little hard for me, the whole anonymous thing. That being said, like, I have lived in LA my whole life and I understand that people have these like personas on the internet that they like to kind of play up and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that my first impression was really all of the same like great like promo material that you got to see that was like, wow, like, what is this? Like, at the time, it was really only OpenSea that was that you're able to transact on and the fees were crazy. So even his 8.88 
fee yeah. was kind of something that was, uh, it, was, it was interesting. So I bought into it for like a little bit. All like, of those I think- artists that were attached to it, like all these people like Blau and Thank You X and Paris fucking Hilton and Malavita, Blake Catherine, like all these people whose names that like kind of I'm sure I told you about in like the NFT artist boot camp, like, you know, learning download 101, you probably heard. So we were like, oh, yeah, this has to be legit. Like you said, yeah. the promo. Rafik Anadol, like he's amazing. Like Pac, I don't really understand Pac, but a lot of people were really into that at the time. Like mm-hmm. Exactly. So besides like the anonymity um, and like just kind of this persona that he was, were there any like warning signs or red flags that you did like bring up? Cause I don't remember, or that you wish you kind of had brought up like in your head, if you saw something and you were like, this feels weird, but didn't bring it up. Also share it all, spread it all. Um, There's no secrets here, even personal stuff. Well, like, as you know, like I come from the agency world, like I really like helped um, like build one of the last agencies that I was at. So I was really involved with all of the like contracting and all of that stuff. So it kind of blew my mind that kind of felt like nothing was super legit. There were like never any NDA sign. Like I was the one that was kind of looking up contract templates and kind of trying to figure it out that way. So that was kind of my first red flag was just like there was really like no. Um, like infrastructure and we were kind of expected to kind of figure that out. Um, At first, I don't think that there were that many red flags. It was just kind of like as we continued along our path and like got got to know more of the people that were or weren't on the team, that's when I was kind of like, okay, like this is a potentially like multi-million dollar company and there's like two employees, me and you. employees and not even like employees like we were running it like we were trying to develop an infrastructure we were you were CTO for like two weeks like you were literally I learned so much like Like, literally for we at one point it was just like you were a CTO like CFO like making fucking offers to people like trying to get deals done like you said literally looking up the website would go down oh my god creating forms and like (laughs) formulas. And I think that was like, to me, we haven't talked about this. I have not talked about it before, but just how, like I, when we departed 88, the new world, which like we can talk about a little bit. I think one of my, I was like, I had distanced myself from it. Like, I feel like I was really checked out and I feel like you really picked up a lot of the slack on that for me and for us, which was amazing. And like, can't thank you enough for it. But we, I just saw increasingly like how horrible, like you, like how horrible he was treating you, how like just downtrodden, like you were, you were like, I just can't, you had, you're not somebody who has like a lot of stress and anxiety, or if you do, like you're always somebody who's yeah. powering through it. And the way that I saw it like, felt like there changes, was no respect. Exactly. Like, and so when to either of us, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And when we left the how how little emphasis or interest he had in like offboarding like in figuring out like how all these there was what like thousands of artist applications for the platform that were just like floating in what fucking type form 
And he was not even like getting on Zoom calls or calls to figure out like how to access these. Like he was bringing new people in from like his fucking Discord to run shit. That wasn't and, even like, from our stuff though. <laughs> exactly. People. Like always in oh a my circle. God. Always in a circle. Like it was so <laughs> bizarre. Like he didn't have passwords to things. He didn't know things like, and he didn't care. So like that to me, I was just like, what the fuck? I remember last fall, like every day you'd be like, don't, don't quit on me. Don't quit on me. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm riding with you, but you're going to, you're going to be fed up one day. <laughs> and that happened. And then after the fact, we, we learned like, a lot though. Like, look at how much you learned from just like having to figure stuff out. Like I always say, we learn by doing. Learn by doing. And also like after we had quit and him just like asking us not to tell anybody because of like optics and because of Oh, like, for like two the, months. Yeah. Like he wouldn't let us because of, oh, I have this drop and I don't want it to look bad and blah, blah, blah. And like, to me, like so, I mentioned this in my episode with Adam that like, sometimes I look back and I'm like, why was I convinced to do this stuff? Like, it was just so manipulative and weird and crazy. Like this holds that was like, all right, I don't. And I think it, a lot of it was like this, like perceived power that he had, even though to us, like we always said, like with web yeah. was like this perception of power that he had that even though we knew who he really was, like he could still make it hard for us to succeed in the future or whatever. Like what, what's, what are your like thoughts from that? I've just been on a tangent. That's unfortunately like how the world and the industry works, right? Like Mm-hmm. You kind of have to play the game. Um, I think it's important also to mention that it's not just like us that kind of bought into his persona. It was literally everybody like on Twitter. It was all of his investors. It was the gaming company that we were working with. Like, And he's at these events and people are like calling him by name. It's not like it's like this fully like behind a curtain type of vibe. Um, it's just really interesting to kind of see. I feel I feel like. I see this happen a lot in the space, right? Like we have a lot of these like big collectors that people kind of idolize and they follow their every move and think that because they've like made some lucky gambles essentially like early on in their career that they have this like persona that they can trust and that they can get behind. And that's not necessarily really the case. I feel like a lot of this time you you really want to ask why they're fully anonymous, right? Mm-hmm, you have to and that was something like for me the anonymity part which again we talked about in Adams was like kind of new to me but also like familiar to me like it I was like I could get behind it I think and it was only because it was like oh like he's willing to like have chats on the phone like little bits of information like we've met in person or blah 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 you gave me this first and last name it seems okay like we had contact with his wife but like I want to go backwards a little bit and talk about like your, and I think this is important to point out and see if there's any like um, through lines of like trusting and anonymity and just like our inexperience or just kind of like greenness to this is like your upbringing and like your childhood when it came to like pop culture and technology. And I'm halfway asking about it because like, I know the answer, but what was like your, (laughs) what was like your exposure to and like your, consumption of like pop culture in your households like while you were growing up I mean I've always been like really into pop culture really into the internet that's kind of how I think I found myself here Mm because I 
honestly question like how I end up in crypto like almost every day. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, as as you know, like my mom was a teacher, like she is very into like limiting screen time and all that stuff, which I hated growing up. But now I don't really watch TV. Like I don't really watch movies. I would rather spend my time just online, like learning new things or researching mm -hmm. stuff. And I think that that kind of really helps set me up for like, like I said, like what we're doing now and kind of finding this whole like weird web three world, like get into the weirdest rabbit holes. But I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> well, and I think like the anonymity part, like the character of 888 was like probably one of the subconscious like selling points to us is like in pop culture, like you're consuming characters, whether that is a character like in a film, a completely fictional character in a, in a book or whatever, whether that is the character that is like Kim mm -hmm. Kardashian or something like that, where it's like, oh, you know, he be kind of became this like icon very quickly in the space. And what you don't realize is that it was like all about money. And until you were me and Megan who were, you know, working our asses off, not making like what we should, like definitely not having a salary that reflected it. And then and, and seeing him cut so many corners on contracts and people and making people work for free and all this shit. And then the next day it's like he's dropping, you know, two million dollars on an NFT. And then we see a meeting pop up in his calendar with that same group or artist that created that NFT. It's like, oh, we realize that just like money buys everything here is very weird. I think that that's a really good point too is like being really frustrated about not having like a budget to properly execute on like the technology that we're building the platform whatever like we need and then the next day there'll be like a tweet about some like insane purchase because it was always on the timeline and always could see the transaction history and how much was purchased for and it just it, it felt kind of gross like honestly yeah, made you really wonder like where the just like very are transactional, there. so transactional sketch. Yeah, enough about him. He's had he has had enough of rent free living in our lives. So moving on, I want to talk about something um, that like we have a similar background and connection in. Um, I want to talk about sexism and misogyny in Web three. And before we talk about this, I want to have the record show. We do not hate men. This is not like a hashtag all men or hashtag not all men thing. This is going to be casual fucking conversation about sexism and misogyny. And before the self, this is my um, my like my warning. Before the self-righteous dudes dip out, let me say that we need men to challenge other men's sexism because ironically, men can do much more and be much more influential and impactful combating sexism. And this is backed by research evidence uh, that looks at advocacy and shows that where women are dismissed, men are often taken more seriously when confronting and addressing sexism. So if you're a real man, strong man, a good man, please stay and listen to this shit. Uh, because we need you and feminism needs you. Okay, that was my like disclaimer. Back to this. I love it. I want to know <laughs> what like your experience with misogyny and sexism like in Web3 it has been like. Well, I mean, it's really interesting. Like I alternate between my face as a profile picture and like an NFT profile picture. And it's just really interesting to see how different people treat me when it's my face versus when it's like an NFT. And 
I mean, I get a lot more engagement when it's myself, which is good, I guess, but it's, it's interesting. And like, I don't know, I'm also blocked by like a lot more people than I feel like I should be. And it's whatever, like people can block whoever they want, but it is very weird, like scrolling the timeline and seeing that you're like, mere existence triggers people that you've never heard of and you have no idea who they are and I'm just like okay like that's fine but like I don't even know how I came across your feed and what I did enough to trigger you enough to block me but but it is what it is hi that's a weird thing that I want to come back to what about like in what have you noticed in like professional settings, like in work and whether it's been with 88 or other things, like, is it, I, I'd be curious to know if you think that the web three professional space is more or less tolerant than like your like traditional agency kind of marketing verticals that you work in. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I went from being in a room full of women and like maybe one or two men to being in a room full of men and either being the only woman or having you basically. And um, I mean, the tech stigma is definitely real. I feel like a lot of times people don't even really listen to what I'm saying when I'm talking, which kind of gave me a complex for a little bit that I'm working through. But um, when it comes down to it, like, it's really on them too. Like I can't get too upset about it. And then you can't really change like everybody's mind. It's like a little frustrating now scrolling my feed and seeing people that I follow engaging with like Andrew Tate's comments. And like that stuff is like coming up on my feed now. And I'm just like, no, it's the world we live in, but people don't just know. don't get it. I think like also people don't realize like these are like men that are bringing us in to like run their companies and set up like infrastructure and then when you're in a position where you're like oh this is actually the right way to do something it's almost like your trust like you don't have a trust built up with them like they're gonna question you and it's like well how come of the last 10 things nine of them I did and set up for you and established for you. And the one thing that I, which you instructed me to do. And the one thing that I'm bringing forward to say, Hey, this is something that could be more efficient, more effective, whatever you're questioning that. Like, why can't you look back on the nine things? Like, I think that that like really, it it does come from a place of like sexism and misogyny and just distrust. And I think it's more so it's more and more evident, like in in the tech space, like you said. Right. And then also like in the space, you have things of like people don't even read your emails. And it's like, <laughs> like, why am I doing all this work if it's not like getting reciprocated? Right. Mm-hmm. If you can't 100%. even like take the time to like look at what I'm sending over. A hundred percent. Have you ever noticed like the assumptions too, like especially I think when it comes to a non or like pseudo anon profiles, like even it doesn't even have to be that deep of like self-proclaimed or like self-labeled anon or pseudo anonymous. It's like if somebody has a like ambiguous username, like something that's not Megan or Carson, I guess even Carson is taken the wrong way, but like her or misconstrued or whatever. <laughs> but like somebody could have a random username and like a random like NFT PFP. And there's just like an assumption. I think that that is a man or person or there's people like Pranksy or whatever who people just mm-hmm. assume AOI. I mean, we know AOI is a guy. Um, we've talked to him before, but I just think that there is this like assumption that 
if you are like a non and successful in the space or something that you're a guy, like I don't get where that comes from. <laughs> I mean, I've even seen like a non accounts with like girl names and like people calling them like dude and stuff and it's like no like I'm a woman like in the comments like but just because her so face isn't as a profile picture like they just assume it's a dude exactly yeah. I got some I got like jumped my throat got jumped down by fucking reply guys because Gainsy I don't know if you know who that is I don't even know how I started following him posted something about yes. like only fans and like shit like that and I was like, how? And they were like, yeah, get the AI only fans shit. Yeah, like time to get a real job, ladies. And I was like, and in his bio, literally, it's like degen trader by day, so profession established. And it's like, I was like, how is being a degen day trader a job, but creating content and posting it on OnlyFans is not like. OnlyFans doesn't have to be just about like fucking not like sex work or digital sex work or not safe for work content. Like it's just, and then all of a sudden, like I replied and I said that very thing. I was like, how is that? A, how is degen trading a job? But <laughs> it's like, oh, creating content. <laughs> and the number of reply guys that were just like their fucking world was on fire, like that they hated me for the, for the day. Like I'm going to send you a picture of my dick then blah, blah, blah. It's like, why are you so scared? Oh my god. <laughs> like why? Why I think that like I don't know, there's so much Cuz they're lonely. So true. They're all lonely. I saw that Gainsy guy like tweeting about a girlfriend. Like I need a girlfriend <laughs> to make me bagels. It's the same guys like But yes, there's a lot of opportunity for wealth. There's opportunity for yes. There's so much opportunity for wealth here that I think like sometimes that people get scared. Like I understand in other industries and stuff where there could be there's like tension because it's a it's competitive and the world is competitive and it's competition and I get that but like there's so much opportunity here why can't everybody just win I don't know it's very bizarre and that's why like that's why we're here I feel like is because there's enough room for all of us to grow right and there's enough room for all of us like to create the future that we want to see like things are getting scary like we have to like feel like we can at least like do something in our own lane to kind of like help build this future of whatever it is. So yeah, it's really interesting to kind of see like the groups of people kind of interested in this space, right? Like you have the people that are only here because they see monetary opportunity Mm -hmm. and they want to like make a bag and they don't really care who their exit liquidity is. And then there's people who actually care about like the technology and the future and how we can kind of use the blockchain to make really cool things and I don't know it's just it's such a divide it's crazy it's crazy um what would be like if you could like give a message or like help to I don't know I haven't thought about this question beforehand yeah. but the like advice or something like to to men or like to non-women men to men to like make the space or like to have an action to make themselves more inclusive like it could be um, like in professional situations, it could be in personal situations, like on Twitter or whatever, like what would be the one thing that you would like, what one action would you give them to like help be conscious of their own sexism and misogyny or make the space more inclusive for women? Um, literally just like have a, f- have a friend that's a girl, like not that, <laughs> I don't know if the girls would want to be their friend, but like that literally just like, I feel like all the guys that are just like so angry and so sexist are just mad that like women don't want to talk to them. Like it all kind of <laughs> oh just God. spirals. 
So they don't see us as like people and then they just like get all angry and it's just like literally a bad cycle. So it's like everybody just needs to like be friends. (laughs) Yes. Just me. But then again, like, like, okay, this is like so like this is what I've been struggling with this week, too. So like I live alone. Like I've been doing a lot of stuff by myself because I like to get out of the house. Like. So, for some reason that makes me approachable like I was at the gym last week some guy gets in my face when I'm like doing abs on the ground like asking me out and I'm just like this is not like like read the room this is not appropriate like don't stop me right. on the side of the street and like ask for my number like I LA feels like Gotham right now like I don't feel comfortable with stuff like that like this is so what guys just, don't understand is like there isn't and people are gonna be like oh my god you bitch like I can't believe it like maybe he was just trying to be nice he could have been your Mr. Right it's like no because my Mr. Right knows that he knows like when I have a boundary up when I'm doing something like when I don't want to be approached and when I don't want to be made uncomfortable like it's so like wait until I get up from the ground exactly (laughs) like it's not that hard moment and be like hey excuse me acknowledge like I'm sorry I don't mean to bother you or interrupt like like why are you asking me out first of all it's because I look good like we don't you don't know me like maybe try to make small talk if you go to this gym if we go to the same gym like maybe say something to me before like maybe try to make conversation try to you know cut in at the at the fucking water fountain and say something like take your time take your time <laughs> leave me alone yeah ask it's your so friend or make a friend that's a yeah. girl and ask her to come to the gym with you and to make conversation and to link you up like hello literally I'm such a good wingman like for dudes like I like will volunteer as long as they don't like try to get creepy with me so, so but true, so it's, true. it's really interesting like I keep seeing on like Twitter now like Specifically the gym, too. I guess, like, on TikTok, like, it's kind of, like, a trend of, like, girls, like, filming, like, creepy guys, like, coming up to them. And then all these guys are, like, he just wanted to talk. And it's, like, no. Like, that's not, like, you – if you've never been in that position, like, you can't speak on that. Like – it's true. I do think that some of those TikTok, like, some of the trends – Some of them are awful. Have taken them too far. (laughs) But I do think that, like, yeah, there is a time and a place for everything. Um – Okay, this is like a I good love transition. And hate <laughs> I know you always get me tapped in. Um, you <laughs> were always so supportive of helping me grow my TikTok um, audience, and I've fallen off as I always do. But then I return and I post like five videos at a time. So quick plug: follow me on TikTok <laughs> and Megan too. <laughs> um, I'll put it in <laughs> the episode description. Okay, we are. I'm glad that like the conversation has gone here because I want to talk about like relationships and friendship a little bit because our story is so important. Like we went from literally not knowing each other, like our situation and our arrangement is important. And it's also like an enigma sometimes. Like we went from literally not knowing each other to like meeting online, meeting in person, working together, then spending basically 75% of like our entire days together. Like when we weren't, we would be together from 10 a.m. to sometimes 7 or 8 p.m. When we weren't together, sitting literally with our desks side by side, like at one point we shared a fucking desk. We would be texting. I would like be at your house all day. (laughs) Yeah, go home. Be on social media talking to you. (laughs) Literally, like... (laughs) 
literally before, like you would be still driving home and we would already be texting and DMing. And that like whole, I mean, we were just so like, sometimes like I felt very codependent of you. Like I think sometimes like it got, and I, we had an experience together, like a really, a couple of traumatic experiences, but one in particular that made it like nearly impossible for me to go out in public in social situations. And when we were in social settings, like I was clinging to you, like I would be like, I can't do this. Like I can't be here. Couldn't relax. Couldn't have a good time. Eventually we would get through that and we'd end up having a good time thinking about the Rolling Stone party in particular. But like, mm-hmm. what, what do you think, like what strengths did we like exhibit in our friendship or like as individuals that made this like arrangement that we had possible? I mean, that's so, I don't even think I can explain that. Like, <laughs> it's inexplainable. But um, I think that also like just, the post-COVID time that we were in and like us finding like this completely new world that was like a 180 from the lives that we lived before and going through like the shared experience like that definitely something like really special um I don't know like it like I said it's just like very very hard to explain we're also very compatible signs I have to throw that out <laughs> I know I was gonna say we could just chop it up to Virgo and Pisces um so do you think like do you think that there were any and I don't know if we've ever really talked about this but do you think there were any like weaknesses or kind of toxic parts about our friendship and like our professional relationship and or our professional relationship and toxic doesn't necessarily have to be negative like I think it can just be like oh this is something that we did like spend all of our time together talk together only go places together (laughs) but like you know I don't know did you think, do you think there were any weaknesses? I mean, we definitely like were codependent, but that's also like what we both needed at the time. So, <laughs> so I mean, true. it is what it is. <laughs> we have worked well, and we had like, I mean, for people who don't know, like at what I just explained, our relationship being so like every single day to then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, in a month I'm going to move to England and like be with Kitty. Like that was, <laughs> Like that, I think adjustment and transition was like difficult for both of us. And also like in a way though, has like solidified. And for me, I felt like I was like, okay, if if our relationship can like withstand this and we can still be the types of friends and pick up where we left off on text or phone or whatever, or in person, like then our friendship is like solidified and we are who we have thought we were to each other. But like, if we can't, if mm-hmm. it's like somehow crumbles or falls apart, then like it's truly was codependent and it wasn't what I thought it was. But <laughs> turns out I did think of something form. though. Okay, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> we just go so hard because we want to do so much and like overcomplicate everything and like add a million things into projects that we burn ourselves out. So, so I think that it was good for us true. to also take a step back and be like, okay, yeah. we can't work like 18 hours a day and need some balance but um, yeah yeah we were like layer cake people like we would like one of us would build like the first layer of the cake and the other person would be like you know what we should definitely do this type of frosting on the top and then the other person would be like and then these sprinkles and then the other person would be like what about another layer what about like we would we fed off of each other so much like it was so and then get adam and joe in there and then we just (laughs) 
<laughs> let's call Adam. Let's call Joe. Let's call Woody. Like everybody, everybody like yeah. bringing in, like we had such like a powerful circle and network of like creativity and motion, but it was true. Like we never took breaks. We never like debriefed on things. Like we would never sit down and be like, okay, like not I'm even so to bad go at get, that. It's so terrible at it. It's so awful. But I wanted to ask, like, did, did was there ever a time that you can think of that you felt like I had let you down or like whether it was like you, you really needed me to be there as a friend. And I was like coming out and like showing up like to like business and work partnery or any times that like you really needed like a work partner, business partner. And I was trying to show up as a friend. And you can't. Um, I mean, if, if, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that anytime that happened, you picked up on it like instantly. Like, you knew. (laughs) I also, like, you know, I, like, can't hide my feelings. Like, I am very, like, I don't know. Like, it's, like, the half Latina in me. Like, I can't, like, take how I feel. So, like, if I'm feeling, like, a type of way, like, you're, like, what's wrong? And then we're, like, talking about it. So true. So true. Or one of us would just be, like, can you just go? (laughs) Like, can you just go? Yeah, yeah. Like, I just need space. I'm just going to go to my house. Like, we never, when I said, like, you can't hurt my feelings, I didn't mean, like, don't hurt my feelings. Like, we can't, like, we don't hurt each other's Mm -hmm. feelings. Like, we've been so open. I think that's really rare, too. Like, most people, Mm -hmm. like, if you tell them to go away, they're just like, wait, what? It's like, no, I get it. Like, I'm the same. Like, I need my alone time, too. I think that also us both living alone for the first time was Mm. also kind of interesting and, like, a factor to why we were like we need to be together 24 fucking 7. So true because it just felt like we lived I had never lived right? alone. I'd always I'd always had roommates or like was living with my family during COVID and then I move out by myself. I go from being in an office every single day like a really nice co-working space to working remote and not being around people all the time. Like that's a big change. It's huge. It's massive. And then, and for me, like being, going from Vermont, like having worked in at this startup where I watched it grow from, I was literally the third person who worked there to, you know, 50 people had worked there. And that was like my whole identity for three years to leaving Vermont where I'd been my whole life and coming to LA, this huge city where I had thought that I was going there with all these friends. And I had, I had cousins that lived there and I had an aunt and an uncle and like, all these people and feeling like completely abandoned and just realizing, oh, the friends here are using me. Like they want something from me and my family here has like, yeah, like no interest in like emotionally supporting me whatsoever to like then being like, oh, here's Megan. Here's this Virgo who's probably perfect for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love LA because like I was born here, like I was born in Venice and my parents moved up to Ventura. Um, I will probably be in Southern California my whole life, but like mm-hmm. it is definitely a scene and you really have to like figure out like how to move within it because yeah, like uh, people are very transactional. People want to know like yeah. what you can do for them and it's hard to find like real connections in like a big city. It's so soul sucking. And like that is something that you were very good at is being like, like kind of like force field and being like this is not it like this person is not it like we're moving on um what advice like would you give to somebody who like either wants to like build a company or like work with you know one of their friends 
or like somebody who is building a company and becoming friends with somebody, like what would be your advice to kind of navigate like the intersections of friendship and, and working relationships? Um, I think communication and setting boundaries is really important. Um, I remember like, because we, we were working on Discord for a while and I hate Discord, <laughs> but you were like, no, like this is going to save our friendship. So we're not texting about everything in this project. It can go in the Discord channel. And as much as I hate like all the different systems, it works. It makes sense. It's like, okay, now we can like keep our texting conversations to our friendship. Obviously, yeah. if there's like things that come up, like we can, but like for the most part, like just we're going to segregate this conversation over here and it's just going to be a lot easier for everybody. It was a lot easier because we hated Discord. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Still do. I mean, I think that it's like residual 888 stuff because we were like admins and like mods and like a ch- in a server of like 120K people. And that's like a little traumatizing, but. Um, I think just like finding people that you work well with as well like not everybody's gonna work well together like once you find that team like we have our little like dream team like we all work so well together and get each other's work styles and I think that that's really important definitely and also something that I realized like nobody makes briefs like you like more people need to do that to like communicate their vision like Like, the more people I work with, I'm like, just write it all down. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. The queen of briefs. I love that. So marketing oh, tip. <laughs> marketing tip. Uh, excellent marketing tip. Shout out to uh, Ryan Hunt, the COO at Superplastic, who taught me how to do that. He won't see or hear this because Superplastic has me blocked on every platform. But <laughs> shout out to you. Um, okay. What did you, all right, we're going back to web three stuff. Thank you. Those are good answers to questions about friendship. I think it is important to talk about, like, I don't know, there is just a lot. It's not easy to work and like have such a strong work relationship with somebody who you have such a strong friendship with. Like it would definitely did not come without it's like days where we were both just like, oh, but at the end of the day, like when you have those wins, you have those celebrations and you're doing it with your person. And then when you have those like losses and failures or not even failures, fail forward. When you have those moments where you're like completely let down, at least you're not alone. Like you can go to fucking Cheesecake Factory and get your brown bread and get your rosé. Yeah. And like, oh my fucking God, this sucks. But yes. yeah, <laughs> back to Web3 stuff um, before we finish here. What did you believe about the Web3 space to be true that turned out to be a fallacy? Fallacy. Like, not Mm. true. I mean, a lot of (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) I I just think that there's a a lot of people that, like, say one thing and move another way, right? Like, that say that they're here to kind of challenge the way that things are currently. And then the minute they get, like, vc investment or they're friends with like an influencer they get like a little bit of clout they mm-hmm. the light switch changes and their opinion changes so i think that that is um it's really interesting kind of seeing what we see happen in like web 2 with like influencers and stuff kind of repeat itself in web 3 and like people just kind of doing things for clout so that's yeah. a little frustrating um you know i still do think that there's way more good than bad in the space. And that's why like, I'm still here. But 
I mean, even like I like briefly mentioned, like the artist royalty thing, like that was such like a big like selling point. And then realizing that mm-hmm. it's actually not in the smart contract, like that was like a huge like eye opener. It's like, okay, where did this narrative come from? Who's the one that's pushing this? Like, so true, so true. I think like that was the thing is so many of the promises that were made were not like technically reinforceable. Like it's just. Mm-mm. Tell me what you're working on right now or tell everybody, tell listeners what you're working on right now. I am working with Decentral, who is producing this podcast. So I get to work with Carson, and Dan, which is amazing. Um, I have a couple of projects that I'm working on, just like freelance, like production stuff, helping with like branding, web development, um, strategy. And then I am also freelance event producing again. So I'm about to start a project for Coachella and it's just like good to have that social aspect, even if like, cause I was like, I'm done with events. Like I'm done with like that side of like the production space and stuff. But I mean, I just did a, um, an Art Basel event and that was just really great. Just like getting back out there. And like, I love production people. Like you meet so many great people. I'm still working with like different types of artists and different programmers and stuff. So it's all kind of holistic, which is nice. Um, It's interesting seeing how just like the rest of the world is like going digital too. I feel like I'm in a really good place right now. Um, Like even yesterday at the LACMA, like they were showing NFTs, like it's not dead. I love that. I love that. It's like good, like you have to, it's very confirming. Like when you kind of, when you see that it's happening around you, like in, like affinity mm-hmm. ways it might like in an indirect ways like I think you kind of this is again another plug like in my episode with Courtney that I did we talked about like making space for kind of new things and once you kind of divert your energy in different places you realize mm-hmm. like where where energy shows back up and I think when you're so involved in web3 like 100% crypto nfts and you're like all you can see is like in that tunnel and you're like, oh my God, the rest of the world just hasn't caught up. But then Mm -hmm. when you kind of step out and you open yourself up to being like, oh, like they have caught, they are catching up. They're working on it. They're just doing it in a way that makes sense for them. And that is comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And that has low risk and low barrier to entry and all of that. So it's very cool. I love it. Any last thoughts? (laughs) um no this went by so fast I was nervous oh my god you did so good it was so fun it was just like our any other conversation we've had (laughs) I know so I'm working on like getting over being self-conscious about my voice so I've been like hating doing like twitter spaces and stuff like this but I mean I'm getting better it literally stems from all of the 88 the new world stuff where the the people developing the platform would literally not never listen to anything i was saying i thought it was me turns out it was them but turns out everybody else is the problem yeah don't it's fine um one time i was told on a call when i worked at super plastic that my voice was too immature that we were going to lose a deal a deal that was never happening that never was coming ever and it was going to be my fault because of the way I talk. So I feel that. I feel the same way. But if you loved this episode, give a kind word, um, write, slide in Megan's DM or hit her in the replies and tell her that she has a lovely, amazing voice and that she sounded awesome. And you can find her on social media at, there's your cue. Where do people follow you and find you? Metaverse Meg on Twitter.
and Instagram, I guess. I'm trying to be more active there. I'm trying to do the NFT Instagram thing. I love that. So at Metaverse Meg, find her there. You can also find her on TikTok, Instagram, all of that. She's amazing. Thank you so much, Megan. I love you. You're the best. Um, Thank you. I'm just so happy that you're here. And that wraps another episode of the Carson Daily Show, where you know you can't go a week in crypto without me. Follow Megan and follow me as well on Twitter and Instagram at Carson Daily. Follow the show at Carson Daily Show. And if you're not already, follow this fucking podcast. Follow this channel. Rate me five stars. I'm absolutely crushing it. I need my numbers to keep going up and up and up and up. And last thing, The Carson Daily Show is a essential media production written by me and my better comedic half, James Carr, with music by Woody. See you next Tuesday. Bye.